Hemshechayim Beis, Volume One, we're up to Chapter One Nineteen on page Reish Lamed Two Thirty. So let me summarize. It's quite dense. Um, Ayan Bayes is the story of the interface. The interface between the divine and existence, which are fundamentally antithetical to each other in every possible way. On the most basic way, for us, it's finite and infinite. But it's also about self-absorption versus selflessness, truth versus reality, spirit versus matter, and the list goes on. So, being that, according to Torah, God wants to have a relationship with us, a relationship entails that there is commonality. A relationship also entails that there's a way for the two to speak to each other, communication. Thus, we have an elaborate system that God put into place, which is called Seder Shtalshlus, Cosmic Order. And uh, tools, methods, and instruments for us to climb the ladder in this elaborate structure to reconnect even these two antitheticals, these two antithetical realities. Now, this process God obviously also used to create, which is the key to the whole thing, because if God didn't use it to create, then it's only for us, where are we going? A ladder has to go two directions. So in explaining the whole process, and I'm just really summing up the whole Hemshech right now, to where we are from the beginning, the Rebbe Rashab begins, Ayin is a very elaborate discussion, it's not one Maimur, it's, it's hundreds of Maimur. The only Hemshech that goes that long. The Rebbe Marash was the first to actually introduce the concept of a Hemshech, which means a series of discourses. Until then it was only single discourses. The Alter Rebbe said a mimer, a Shabbos. He may have said something, a follow-up, to explain it, but it was all that way. And the Chassid themselves and the scholars went and put together all the mimerim, and they understood the bigger picture. The Rebbe Marash was the first to actually create a flow of a series that went sometimes for a year, half a year, a few months, a few weeks. And the Rebbe Rashab has the, also did it, but the two big ones are Samach Vov, extended for three years and 61 discourses and Ayin Bez which did for five years extends for 144 discourses he didn't even finish it and the third section which he didn't even deliver was just written and he basically wrote it almost to the end of his life based on we see from the different notes that he wrote later the point I might make is this is why he's called the Rambam Chassidus because he didn't just take a piece of the puzzle a piece of the picture, he gave us the whole picture. And you start learning, you really see that. You really see how he's taking literally section, section, like the Rambam does. If you learn Gemara, laws of Shabbos, there's no way you're going to find it just in Mesechta Shabbos. You learn Mesechta Shabbos, then suddenly a discussion in Mesechta Nida, or Mesechta this one, Mesechta that one, they suddenly talk about Shabbos. And the Rambam came and codified it and gathered it together. The Rambam, the Rosh. So the Rambam, the, the Rebbe Rashab does similarly. 
he doesn't do it in halachas like Hilchas Shabbos, Hilchas Kashrus, and Hilchas Kedushin, and so on. But he does it, and therefore it's a whole picture. So how does he explain this interface? He begins with understanding the difference between what's called makif and pnimi, what we call keser and the spheres. Because a key component in the cosmic order is, besides the world, is that each world has ten spheres. And each ten spheres, there's the keser, which is like the crown. So the keser in our language is, the first interface is called the desire. God's desire to create. That's a first step away from the essence of the divine. They now desire something outside of his essence, so to speak, outside conceptually, not spatially. And then begin the spheres, which are the actual instruments. So if there's no desire of an undefined essence to want to have a defined existence, you don't have an existence. And you have no way to retrace the steps. If there's a desire, but there are no actual stepping stones, you also have <coughs> no way to, to get back. So Kesa is the desire, which is called Mak, if it's a transcendent energy, and then come the ten spheres, which are imminent energy. So think of it like, God that's beyond undefined reality chose to become an artist. That artist chose a certain particular art called existence. And then he has a paintbrush and a palette and a canvas which he, upon which he creates this. Now the palette and the canvas, all that is also part of the creation. That's called kalin. And the air is the energy that is flowing in to actually shape and define each part of the structure. We end up in this world with all the concealments, only with the end, end product. So we see the tip of the iceberg. And what we do is begin to unveil the shrouds and try to see what's inside. And we climb very slowly. We can start realizing, oh, there's a little energy in here. That energy leads me to the next step, 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 step. You start climbing the ladder of the worlds, going through to more sublime levels, more sublime levels, until you come to realize that there's a, not that there's a uh, that there's the complexity of what is behind this design, till you realize that God is an artist that could have made many types of art, till you realize that God is not even an art, can't be even defined as an artist, till you realize he can't even be defined, period. But that you cannot really appreciate until you go through all these layers, because we begin from the bottom. So think of it like a student that's just learning ABC. Then they come to realize, one second, ABC creates magnificent poetry and literature. And then you find out behind literature, there's more reality than, than literature cannot capture. So it's a process of discovery and a process of growth. Here, it's not just an academic exercise, it's actually transformation. We're talking about transforming existence into a container. And I use that word very precisely, a container to all that I just mentioned, all the way up. And that's called Dira B'tachtene. And there's no way you can jump the steps. Yes, we have many times different opportunities where you can do a few jumps. You know, you can have a glimpse suddenly into deepest levels, tshuva, a yomtev, a shabbos. But generally speaking, it has to go through the steps because that's the only way it will be integrated. It's just like you can't get a five-year-old, no matter how brilliant he is, to suddenly be a brilliant scholar at 30. That would be a miracle. Bottom line, it wouldn't be on his terms. So it would defeat the whole purpose of, of, of an interface, of an integration. So that's a summation in very simple English. Now, the details, obviously, are far more complicated, and especially because we're talking about transformation. Because remember, the yesh, at the end of the day, with all this being said, how logical it may sound, how eloquent it may be, the yesh is much more powerful than we can ever imagine. So as much as we understand all this, the whole, the tentacles of all these concealments continue to um, 
exert their pressure on us. So we wake up in the morning, no matter how spiritual you are, you still see a material world. You still have material needs. <coughs> your body and soul, your body tells you it's hungry. All the different forces that seduce us, that that control us, that demand, that demand all kinds of stuff from us, that obsess us, is all there. But what we have is, uh, in our arsenal, we have Torah and we have Chassidus, and we have this information, and not just information, we have a methodology that if a person wants, they could refine their lives. Simple as that. And to refine their lives, needs work. So Chassidus gives us the language, it also gives us the understanding, and it gives us the methods to do so. So to bring it to where we are now, after a long discussion of this transcendence and of the imminence of the ruts and desire, keser, and the spheres, which is still not a complete picture yet, but you know, laying out those building blocks, what each one does. So he explains the effects of keser on us, that it has that ability to create a certain receptivity. And then the effects of the imminent energy, which is much more where we work on a daily and a, on a routine basis, because that's where the real process is, how the energy, how the air of chesed goes into chesed and so on. He goes back now, in the last, and this is going back, I guess it's from, I think, chapter 83, where we are now, last 20, 30 chapters, is a discussion, what do spheres mean? So what do exactly the spheres mean? We say spheres. Since it's such a key thing in the whole picture, what does it mean? And the explanation given for spheres is that spheres are three meanings. Number one from the word misper, number. Basically, briefly, that is designating the element of the containers of existence. Then there's spheres from the word uh, sipur, telling a story. They don't just tell you the structure. You have ten components and here's what they look like and their number, their quantity, so to speak. You begin to appreciate the quality, which is more the energy within them to the point that they tell a story. And they don't just tell a story of where these spheres come from, they also tell the story of the hidden power, the divine, infinite power that put these spheres in place, the artist that can make all the different types of art. And the third interpretation, which is where we are now, really coming to the real bulk, the real core center of it, is sphere from the word sapir. Now sapir, Evan sapir, is that particular type of precious stone. Initially, everyone translated it as sapphire stone. It's not a sapphire stone. It's uh, more a crystal. It's more like a, um, okay, uh, what he calls here, what we just learned in chapter 118, that one says, Evan Yukata Levena, a precious white stone or clear stone. And the Radak says a crystal. Sometimes the word diamond is used. The bottom line is, it's a stone that is, doesn't have any shades. It's essentially clear. But it's, but, it's, but it's still a uh, luminescent. And he explained it at length that it's really a transparent stone. It's a transparent thing. So it allows the brilliance of something, the brightness, just to shine through. It's transparent. Um, what does this add in the equation, which is where we're discussing now? And that is that if sphere number focuses more on the structure... Which also has number, also has the deeper meaning of the number, also has quality within it. Number is not just pure quantity. And if Sipur tells the story of the cosmic order and even beyond, this third interpretation is the highest, most, let's call it the most subtle dimension of the spheres, because they're all the same spheres are called by all three names. This focuses on the on its the brightness of the spheres, how transparent they are. So to explain this transparency, he discussed at length the difference between between um, Keiches and Levushim. 
that human faculties, for example, as opposed to the garments we wear. So faculties also are considered levushim compared to the soul. But they're attached levushim and they're revealers. They express your faculty, your eye. Without it, your, the power of vision would not manifest. The brain is the place where the mind manifests. Whereas levushim, garments are concealers, either due to weather or due to hiding ourselves from others. Garments are concealers, not revealers. And to understand the difference in garments and containers, the Rebbe Rashab went into a long discussion of Yaakov and Lavan, because their story is essentially Lavan is a garment industry, and uh, and Yaakov is a uh, diamond industry. Okay, let's put it this way. So Yaakov's job is to reveal, and ya- and Lavan's wants to conceal, and that is the significance of the mound and the pillar that each of them built when they finally part ways. Well, he says Adagal. So Lovan builds a gal, which is a mound. As he explains, a mound is a parsa. A parsa is a curtain that conceals, but it's a good curtain, a healthy curtain conceals, like a t- teacher giving a riddle or hiding his ideas in order for the teach student to appreciate or to c- come to understand. Lovan wants to build a, mount, a, a mountain, a mound out of it, a concealer. He doesn't want the bitle of Atzilus, as he puts it. And, and Yaakov's whole role, he says, Yaakov's role is to fulfill the purpose of existence, is to pierce Yaakov from the word, from the word Yibaka, from the same letters as Yibaka, to pierce the veil, and to reveal in this concealed world, to reveal the energies all the way up to the source. So there's a long discussion of these two. In Gedusha Lavan is Leivan Ha'elyan, the supernal whiteness. So there's also Lavan of Gedusha. And Yaakov's role is to reveal and bring down that whiteness. What is whiteness? That's what we're discussing now. Now, he doesn't say it specifically that that's connection, but in the Maimorim that you look up, the sources, it's very clear the idea of supernal whiteness is in the Maimorim of Lovan and Yaakov. So it's very clear. And Yaakov's lifting up the stone is also Evan Sapir. So the stone represents, as he says, Malchus. A stone is, represents the diversity and the divisiveness of, or the division of this world, the multiplicity. And Yaakov took many stones, turned them into one. They became one. That's how they turned into Malchus. Malchus is concealed in this world. Going through, I'm just using the language that I said earlier, but with the spheres now. Yaakov wants to take the Malchus, lift it back to Atsilas. That's one interpretation. Another interpretation, in Atsilas itself, he connects it to higher levels of Atsilas. Or what he calls Yichud Teferis and Malchus. is like the full moon. The moon being Malchus. And part of the month is concealed. Yaakov wants to reveal the Shemesh, which is Zah, which is the Midas, and all the way to Chachma, and all the way, being Yaakov is the Ferris, he connects all the way to the inner dimension of Kesar, from where he draws down all this energy to pierce all the veils. And Lovan wants to block it, wants to block the flow. So essentially, in a long discussion of all these levels, bottom line is, think of it this way, Malchus represents, especially its lowest levels, the divine presence in existence, the Shekhinah that's hidden in existence. Yaakov's role, which is giving us the power, and, and gives us the power to achieve this by Matan Torah, the Beis Amidus is a taste of it, Mashiach comes, is the fulfillment of it, is that Malchus, that's concealed within existence, should be revealed. As it's revealed, like the point, begins to expand. The godliness is not just a hidden little point, but it begins to expand. As it expands, it climbs the ladder through, through Tiferes, all the way up to Pinimis Akesa, which gives the power to draw it down. Yaakov does this through two ways, as he said. Through Torah, you draw it down. Tefillah elevates it. 
I'm just summing up again things that were said, and um, and cre- trying to create total fusion between the source and existence. That's in a nutshell. Lovin is white. How does that deal with blockage? Well, well, well Lovin, white, the whiteness of Lovin is, uh, is like he said. There's Lovin the Zelumas. There's two Lovins. There's the Lovin in the source. That's pure. Lovin as it comes below is is is, is the opposite. Why it's called love and below? It doesn't explain that. But the bottom line is the love and the root is definitely the highest level of. Well, he said love and alien a few times. Yeah. A few times. So I would say that the idea of whiteness in the purest form of it is a. Uh, is a I mean, if you want me to speculate, I could speculate that white in the umaze, in the, the alter ego of pure white. Is a white that's empty, as in uh, empty doesn't want any doesn't want any revelation. He doesn't say that. I don't know if it says anywhere that, but what he does say is that Levin Elyon, as it is in its root, is that pure whiteness. But he doesn't explain the whiteness. Now we're talking now about the white where we are now. Now he said clearly that there's a there's a Levin of Gdusha and there's a Levin of not Gdusha. Levin of Gdusha, by the way. The mound also has a holy thing. The mound of Gdusha is not to conceal, but to reveal. It's the, it's the veil that a teacher uses to convey an idea. But the loving that he's primarily focusing on is the loving of Klippa, the, the negative loving that is a concealer. Okay, now I just want to say one thing just in case you're following this. Is, um, you can see there's a progression as he climbs from Malchus. Basically, there were two interpretations of Malchus. One is as Malchus is concealed in Biyah, and Yaakov elevates that. And then there's Malchus in Atzilus itself, is also in the Kuda. The lowest level of Malchus, uh, and the connection is to Teferis. But he keeps using the word Chachma sometimes, and then Keser. So you really have the players here, sound like Malchus, Teferis, Chachma, Keser. And uh, trying to make some, or, some order out of this, Especially now in the last few chapters, so he began to discuss. Um, so Evan Asapir in the chapter one eighteen he began to say, "This is from the Pardis. This is Malchus as it becomes similar to and is receiving from Chachma." So as opposed to what he said before Matseva, which is a uh, which is a pillar, um, he now goes from the from and connect, to connecting it to Teferis. He's connecting it to Chachma. Before, if you recall, in the earlier chapter, he said that the Nukud of Chachma still has some shape, whereas the Nukud of Malchus has no shape at all, similar to Keser. So we're talking here about, does it have shape, does it not have shape? And clearly, you're trying to bridge these two worlds. So the point of Malchus, he said, if you recall, because it's rooted in a place that's beyond definition, which is Radla, the highest levels of Keser, that's why Malchus itself has no shape. On the other hand, we're connecting it to, we want to build it into a parts of. So if you think the new moon, is, is, the, the new moon has, no, uh, has no shape. And then you want the new moon to become a full moon. So clearly, there's several things going on here. If you talk Malchus itself, if you remember the Nikud of Malchus, he said was Keser Malchus. Keser Malchus. So there, there's no shape. It doesn't have a manifestation. It's really, like you say, it has no light of its own, so to speak. But that's not where you want it to remain. Because if it stays in that type of state, it may be rooted in a very high place, but it's completely concealed. So the new moon may be rooted in the highest place. Just like Malchus in this world 
may be rooted in the highest level, is, is rooted in the highest levels, but that's not where, that they don't want it to remain there. Yaakov's avoda is to take the stone and turn it into a pillar. Revelation. He says to bring Gilui into Malchus. So Malchus alone, on his own, it's like in Golis. He's in, this, in a fallen state. To do that, Malchus has to connect, not to Kesser, because it has already the root of Kesser. It has to connect to the Giluim, the spheres. So Teferis is a key element because Malchus is in the middle path and so is Teferis. Teferis is like the, the, the line, the crossbar, Mavriach bin Akatsa the crossbar that leads Malchus all the way to the root to draw down deeper energies to pierce veils. But Chachm is a critical component because Chachm is the beginning of all spheres. And that's why here now he's going and starting to explain that to understand what really is going on, this is the Evan Sapir. So it's not just that, it's, it's how Malchus connects with Chachma, which is really the key, because Malchus is the tenth sphere, Chachma is the first sphere. Its connection to Kesser gives Malchus its enormous, so-called, you can call it beyond definition power, but its connection to Chachma is what creates definition power. But the end of the day, Chachma and Malchus are very two different entities. And here is that where we go into a discussion that Chachma becomes a key element in the interface, because Chachma is where Gvul and Bligvul really meet. Keser is Bligvul. Malchus is the, is, is the Bligvul as it's hidden and concealed, uh, or it's rooted the Bligvul as it's hidden and concealed in completely indefined, limited worlds. Chachma is a key component. So in explaining this, he says, what's Evan Asapir? The Pardis says that Malchus as it connects with Chachma. And he begins to explain that this color, what is Sapir? So he says, Sapir, Gevan Asapir, he says, Psiches Kol Hagvanim. Essentially, bottom line is, is the beginning of all colors. And he calls it going from no color to color. And from there all colors break, divide. And in a long discussion, he establishes that's not the meaning that Chachm is a color that includes all the colors in it. Chachm is not a color. It's a colorless color. But it through it, it's like a radiating light that without it, the other colors do not emerge. And this is a key component because Chachmah becomes this type of interface. And in Avedi he called it when you do something for no color reasons, uncolored, by any intentions, any objectives. The foundation, he calls it, the foundation for all the Binyan Hagdusha, for the structure of all work, is that something is done for no, uncolored, by any of your kavanas, even the kavan, even the intention of connecting to God. Just the experience as it is, it's true. That's why he says the color white, or really means the color clear white, is is such that it's neutral and transparent, and every other color on with a backdrop of white emerges as it is in its truth. If, for example, you take a blue page or a blue backdrop and you put a color red, you don't really know what red looks like. It's affected by blue, and the blue affects the red, the red affects the blue, etc. Same thing with all other colors. By the way, Yorick, as, as I saw from my mother, probably green. Because he keeps saying Yorick like, like uh, grass. Yorick, uh, uh, in, in my mother, in this discussion, we're talking about the Yorick is yellow or green, but regardless. Um, okay, so now, to understand that was what we learned in the last chapter. He goes deeper. And ex- uh, one second, let me just add, let me just add a creepy thing I, I missed to say. At the end of chapter Kufiyut Ches, he goes, now what level is this? So Keser is truly beyond colors. You can't even call it a colorless color. So not in the get. Chachma you can call a colorless color. 
which is what he's using as the what the color clear or clear white. And from there is the root to all other colors. So he calls it a place where color meets no color, essentially what he says. Ein geven to geven. And then he goes to the discussion, what level of chachm is it? Is it a lower level of chachm, which is connected more to colors, or is it a level of chachm, a higher level, that's connected more to keser? But as any way you twist and turn it, the bottom line is, chachm is an existence. In the world of colors, it gives you something, a taste of beyond color. In the world of gvul, of structure and shape, it gives you an example of something that's out of sh- no shame. In other words, if there was no color white, we wouldn't have a physical example of that type of shapeless or colorless reality. That's what the color white, clear white does for us. And he explains uh, that this is... Uh, I found something interesting I wanted to say. So he says that even according, he says this is the difference between Eir and Keli, right? Uh, one second, one second. Yeah, okay, that's that. Now, in the final last chapter, 118, he discussed at long length the color white, clear white, and explained that it's the only given, it's called a given atzmi. It's called a core color, which means all other colors are made up of mixtures. All other colors mix with each other. And in different, with all kinds of back and forth, different levels, and different, different explanations of this, ended up basically stating that it's only the color white that is not, that is a pure, pure color. And that's why it, it does not mix with other colors. I mean, you could technically mix it, but then you're, t- you're basically tinting it. Other colors have shades. White doesn't have shades. Even though he brings that it has shades, but it's all within white. For example, there's no such thing as, as reddish white. If it's reddish white, it's because you mixed in something that's red. Whereas if it's reddish red, make darker shades of red look like black. Darker shades of, of green or yellow look like red. And in white you don't have that. And then he gave other tips and examples, that the way they mix with each other. The bottom line is, if you're thinking from, an, from a reality that is beyond colors, white is the purest form, and everything else is an addition. For example, if you say the grass is green, the green is already saying something. The grass is not necessarily, the grass, does, green does not define grass. It's a description of grass. So we're not even talking about, we're not talking about necessarily a, 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 a paint or t- something that is added on. Even if it's natural, naturally created as green, it's already a description. Whereas white is not a description of the thing. White is the color of the reality itself. Because it's clear. It's transparent in that sense. That's one thing he says. Another thing I would say that's maybe mashmid is the thing called a pigment. You know, grass is green because it's a pigment of green. Um, in other words, grass could technically not be green. You, know, you mentioned that you could, if it dries up or something like that. Whereas white doesn't have such a thing. White is not. White doesn't. What is it going to turn to if, if it dries up, so to speak? If you take away the pigment of a clear crystal, it has no pigment. It's in that sense, it's like a color that has no color, essentially. Again, we're not talking about the painting white. And we had this the discussion here. We talked about pishton, for example, pishton halavon, which is. By the way, pishton and bad is the same. Pishton is flax. Flax and linen are the same thing. 
flax becomes linen, essentially. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. Flax is, the, flax is as it grows. Right. So that is considered to be one of the pure forms of white. I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, something's transparent. That's exactly the point. Something transparent cannot be is that cannot be colored. So those, the, I mean, so that's another way to put it. Like you say, a clear pane of glass. It's not colored white. It's not no, but so that's why I'm not, that's why the word white is is in, and you can't just use it. I said clear white. He's not using it as a, I'm not using it as a color white. I'm using it as the word clear. Clear. It's a proper, then if, if that's what you mean. But the, what he uses the word love on. Right. He uses love on. But how you're, he's using the word love associated later on with him. Well, the English to for the average person would be clear. But there's an expression called clear white. Well, I use the word white because he uses the word love in here. So tell me how you use the word love when he says love. If you're saying that it's, it's transparency, then it's clear. Well, he keeps using the word white different. I think when you talk about natural, when you talk about natural clear and white, that's synonymous in his words here. Natural clear is synonymous with the word love. But to the, in, human, in English, the meaning was different. Maybe. Um, but for example, you do have the concept of white light. You do have the concept of a prism. They'll say it's white light, right. and then when the light bends, it's colors. So what do they mean by white light there? Yeah? They don't mean white. They mean colorless. That's what they really mean. Exactly. Let's put it this way. When the Kayan Godel wore bad, yes. wore linen on yes. Kippur, which is a big basis of these memorandum, of this memorandum, as opposed to gold, one of the key things was because white is pure. In that sense, white is, is a symbol of this colorlessness. So yes, you can say that technically speaking, in a, in a, uh, uh, white is another color, but in the spectrum of things, they do call it white light, and they, and they don't mean white as you just said it. They don't mean the painting white wall. Do I want a white wall or a red wall? They mean it as clear. In other words, when you, when you look it up, look up, look up, look up light, light and the prism, and you'll see they'll say, oh, light is white. What kind white, of light? white, all light. Yeah. Is white, meaning clear. That's what it means. White. White is white is neutral. That's what really white means. It's a neutral color. That's what I said. When you want to when you want to see a real other color, you need a contrast of white. Let me ask you a question. Someone's coming to paint your walls, yeah. and your walls are dirty. What are they going to do? They'll put first a paint a, a, a uh, they'll base. put a uh, what base a base of white in order to put on it and show you the real color. What red is going to look like or blue is going to look. So what does that mean? That means white, even in, in the world of colors, has an, an element of neutrality. Anyway, let's not be semantics. You want to use a different word? Fine. I, I don't have a problem with using white. And you know, I don't know who controls the English language anyway. 
we say we use it what we want to use it for. You want to communicate like you do all the time. So, so I just told you. So I just gave you an example where white is very different than red. It's not just another color. Red would never allow that. See, red is a has a personality and a definition. That's what he wants to say. White does not have a personality and definition. That's the point. It's beyond that definition. Is white itself a color or is it a lack of color? Well, Maybe it's a color that... What, 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 what's that? Yeah, there's two chap- whole chapters. Anyway, being that you weren't here during those chapters, I don't want to go through every line. It's discussed at length. Basically, my answer to that, it's both. No, it's both. It's a color that is beyond color. That's how ultimately it comes down to be. Exactly, it's not in the spectrum. Yeah, but without white, the others would never be. That's exactly the way I would put it. So the the white light, the white. The, the, it does not have it all. That's the point. It's not a clown. He made it very clear. It's not a clown prat. It's not details that are included in there. It's a source of it, but it's, but it's not included in there. It just without it, the others will not emerge. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You get the spectrum of all colors, none of which are white. You're going to have to go through a whole chapter 118, 119, actually. It's not one line. It's maybe literally three pages that he discusses does this. And and he says a lot of details about it. Anyway. You said one quote, 500. You just said that the light, in Kessler, there's no colors. Kessler is completely beyond color. So, Lavan El Yom, the supernal whiteness. Is, is in Kesser, isn't it, or higher? So we learned by Lovan, there's both Lovan and two interpretations. Kesser or Chachma. No, no, not Lovan, Lamata, Lamata. In, in, both in Klippa and in Gdusha, yes. Lovan is sometimes Kesser, sometimes Chachma. So the reconciliation of that is basically, he says, the higher level of Chachma is essentially manifesting the colorlessness that's beyond color of Kesser in Chachma, when it already enters the world of colors, manifests as no color. That's how I would put it. That's how he puts it, actually. The, you understand what I'm saying? So, Lavan El Yom is. Kesser or Chachma? Kesser or Chachma. And when it's in Kesser, Lavan El Yom. It depends which level of Kesser you're talking about. If it's the highest levels, it's, it's, it's probably beyond white, beyond any color. Lower levels, it's connected to color. It's all in. It's, it's all in here, by the way. He says it all here. And then this chachma. Chachma is the real place where he defines love and alien. Chachma basically comes like that. So that's what he says. That when something is in, the, when when the divine manifests, in the, the divine is beyond manifestation. But when it manifests, is basically an a, a, a an infinite manifestation. What would it look like? White. Now God is not white or red, blue or red. But if God were to manifest in the world of colors, it would look like white. Clear, transparent, and pure. White is not transparent. Okay. It's not correct. White is transparent. I just gave you an example. When you put white on a wall, 
It's not transparent as see through. Right, but but when you put any other color on it, it, it does not disturb the flow of that other that's color. A different term. That's a different usage of the word transparency. Or maybe it's another word ways of using white. You have to under, redefine the word white by you. Well, that's the common usage. I told you white light. It's not correct. White light in a prism does is transparent the light. Average person, when you say this is white, they would say. Well, the average person doesn't doesn't necessarily know the full meaning of white. I told you white light. White light. What is white light? Do you ever hear the expression? Yes, sure. Does, is that transparent? Total transparent. Yeah. It's, it's the light of the before the, the prism shapes it. If if you want if you were bait, if you if all light was not bent if airwaves did not bend, everything would be clear and, and the, what we call white light. You ever hear of like black light, like black hole? What does black light mean? That the light does not. It is, 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 is held back. It doesn't express itself. It doesn't mean black, black. It means that it looks like it's black. Anyway. Yeah, but that's transparent, not white. Revelation of God means I think there's a concept called clear white. That's what I think you have to just put in your word. Okay. And then he finally said that um, all this is rooted. What does this all come to explain? The Shema Etzem, which is Shema Havaya. That even though all the names of God obviously are rooted in the divine. And are not additional elements, but nevertheless, each of them express and manifest a particular dimension of the divine. And it's only the shema etzem, which really is like the white light, that just expresses all of those dimensions. Okay. And then he brings it back to the earlier discussion that we've discussed quite a few number of times, or much far earlier, that there is the Kehag, that uh, that even, that um, there's Eir and Keli. Eiris are primarily reflectors and of, of expressing the divine, so it's more like the white, more like the colorless white. And then there's the Keli, and they give you the identity. And even according to what's explained in this discourse, that Eir also has in it image also has spheres in it. He says, but it's not the definition of the Kreyachagvul of the containers. Because the Eris are still reflecting the source. As I explained it, that even the Chesed Gvur within Eris is really more about the source wanting Chesed and Gvur. Whereas the containers it's more about the identity. So that's how it manifests in this color white, so to speak. Gevin my Gevin Lovin. With other colors, like the names, other names are each one has its particular color. And this does not have a color. So I think that at the end of the day, um, even if pure even pure white, that we're not talking as transparent, even the white you're talking about. When you talk in Aveda, someone will say, What are you what is your attitude? So if you have a colored if you're if you're colored by anything, by any opinion or any bias, that would be a color. And white would be no color. In that sense. 
So even if it's all the way in the world of color, literally, if you want to even put it in the world of the spectrum of colors, which it's not, it's also, it's white. It's neutral in that sense. It doesn't have a color. It doesn't have a bias, basically. It doesn't, it's not colored by any particular uh, intention. Whereas the other colors have a personality. Each one, you know, reddish, red reflects something. You know, for example, when they put up lights, it's red, green, and yellow. Red, reflect people see red as danger. Stop, fire. Green, they see as permissive. Blue also. But green is a deeper... Uh, and yellow is more of a neutral, but not completely neutral. It's in between. Not a strong statement, but it's all a statement. You're not going to have a white light by traffic lights. Why not? Because white doesn't elicit anything in this context. White elicits a symbol of purity. So when we say that the, the Koyan wore big day love on... We're not saying he wore white instead of black or white instead of red. He's wearing pure. In the world of our world, we don't have another symbol of pure, then, so we have the color white. Imagine a white light at a traffic. Nobody knows what to do. Everyone's just all over the place. White light. He gave the example, this is what we, what we spoke earlier about. He take, for example, flax, linen. So he uses that, he says, there's no color in the world that can emulate that, that particular color of the whiteness of linen. That's what he says. Right here on top of Reish Chov Zayin, he says, uh, I'm sorry, Reish, uh, Reish Chov Tess, rather. He says, In truth, you won't find something that is the color of white, that sivri, that has the tint, that has the pigment of white, like core whiteness, true whiteness. And says, which means the colors white that we do find, they're not equal. So they're not, you can't compare them to the pure white. Like we see, pishton, halavan, the whiteness of flax. There's no example for it in several clouds, no color that can actually, you can't create a color to emulate that. That should be exactly like that color. Because I mean, I mean, today you could say, well, listen, I could paint something that looks exactly like that, but it means it's not probably exactly like that particular color. Interesting, I wanted to add was that Samach Tzedek, at the end of the Kutatera, says an interesting thing when he talks about this whiteness. He says, we could say that example for white and the other colors, the pshitus of white compared to the other colors, is like the difference between written letters and engraved letters. Written letters are like an additional element, and engraved letters are from the thing itself. So they're more transparent in that sense. So, at the end of the day, he does say that even engraved letters are also letters. So it sounds to me very similar to um, what he's saying here, that there are spheres even in the energy, but the focus there is not the spheres, it's the energy. So it's only a type of like, within the thing itself, It's the color of white does not add an element to any particular entity. Like I said before, you could you could have grass, and then you say there's green grass. You say there's blue water, or blue uh, blue with chelis. What's that? Blue... Um, how do you translate chelis? Uh, uh, chelis is blue wool. Okay. Or blue water. Different colors. So there, you're, it's an adjective, the word blue. 
The white is a symbolic of something that is not adding anything onto it. It's just what it is. And you didn't add any particular color to it. Okay. So now let's continue chapter. Did he discuss black? Why is it black? Is it like off? Is there any discussion of shakos? Yeah, he mentions shakos. Yeah, he mentions it more in context that red, when it gets very dark red, is very similar to black. So he mentions also as a color. There are places where dark black and white are comparable. Because sometimes when you say when keser, it's so no light there, so you call it dark. But it's a, it's like yeshus cheshach sisri. That's holy darkness. It's a darkness that's beyond light. He doesn't discuss that here. Um, in that sense, they probably have a similarity. I would say probably that shachar there is really even deeper because it's like complete void of anything. See, dark that dark light is not the beginning of all colors. That's beyond color. The white we're talking is at least in the realm. You know, he almost, in one place it seems like, what's, what does energy look like? Energy. Like you said, a prism. If we, ha- if there was a dark room, you would not be able to see the pigments of red, blue, green, right? Now, physic- for physics' point of view, why not? Because first of all, without light, you don't see anything. But more importantly, because there's nothing to bounce off. So what's happening technically, when you look now, you see this tablecloth, you see this chair, you see colors. Light is bouncing off different objects. Those colors, I'm not seeing a color. Your colors create a change the wavelength of the light. So red, for example, has a far shorter wavelength than blue does. And the wavelength as it's bouncing back to you is distorting. It's like the prism. It's some way shaping. Now, if there was no atmosphere, yeah. if you get rid of all atmosphere, you probably there would be no colors. No color? Yeah. You send a red cloth into space? I don't, I don't know if space is no atmosphere. Space has still an atmosphere. Right. If you have no bouncing, if you have no... Gravity in space. If you can eliminate the thing that, that bends light... Yeah, you'll have you'll have. There's no pigment internally that it's like the sound of the, the one of the trees. Yeah, yeah, something like that. In the, in the forest, you don't according to physics, correct? Around. Yes, according to physics, yes, that's actually right. For example, atoms don't have color. Atoms don't have color. Because they're beyond they're beyond the place where where something is bent. Sounds don't have color for that you reason. There's no intrinsic thing that's color. It means it's intrinsic color. because in a world where the things are bending, it's intrinsic. No, but if, it's, if, it's a, if you put a black thing, a color, a red color in a. But it could be manipulated. Totally yeah. No the, 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 a scientist can manipulate a, a, a wall that's red and you'll think it's white. 100%. They just have to counter the, the bounce. They have to just counter that bending, which may not be easy to do and consistently, but it definitely can be done. Look. When you shine a light through a prism, you take away the prism, and the light doesn't have a color. Suddenly the prism, what's the prism doing? The prism has no colors. There's no, you're not going to find red inside the prism. The prism is taking a light that was colorless, and suddenly giving you, like a rainbow, red, green, blue. How does that happen? Where's the red, green, blue coming from? There's nothing intrinsic, as you just said. So what you're seeing, when you see actual red, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing light being bent by different things. I mean, look, I'm definitely not a scientist. Huh? Neither am I. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, but, 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 but a prism is clearly, you understand a prism works that way. Why is there a rainbow? I understand which is very limited. It takes different spectrums. So it's in there. The color is in that white light. It's in that light. It's just you can't see it until they somehow divide it up. Divide up the different spectrums. Bend it, bend it, bend it. Okay, good. So it's there, though. It's there, but you just our eyes can't perceive it until it goes through this, this type of transfer uh, revelation. 
of the fact that those lights are, those colors are there, but they're different wavelengths that we can't perceive. But once the spectrum is a tool for enabling us to perceive it later. Fine. So how does that change things? <clears throat> no, because of your, because those colors are in the white light. Um, I, I, I could argue that's not that way at all. I, I could I, argue. I don't, I don't, you're the you're not no, I could argue that way. I, you could argue the opposite way. Okay. That that the prism actually diffuses and limits the white, so it's like it's like actually distorting the picture. In other words, when you see colors, you're really seeing a distortion of what light really is like. You could argue that, and you just happen to worship colors. But since when colors are so valuable? You make it sound like the colors have to be. Colors are, from point of view, from God's point of view, the whole color is created. But even from a scientific point of view, just because we see certain things, you know, what, what the, today matter is energy. But you see matter. You're convinced there's matter. But they'll tell you this is energy. It's just energy that's hardened. And, and to, so, so what is it? Energy or matter? So, of course, you can call whatever. It's not semantics. The bottom line is it is energy of a different form. Let me ask you something. When you take water, you freeze it, it's ice. You boil it, it becomes gas. Which is its most natural state? You can't even answer that question. We don't even know. Maybe gas is its most natural state. And it's just been so-called temperature has caused it to become fluid as we... And then when you freeze it, it becomes that. And you, So what, what's, what is its true reality? We've got to ask Albert. Einstein. And by the way, if you go to the Buddhists, if you go to Far Eastern, they'll tell you. If you go to the, the Far Eastern, they'll tell you it's all energy, and the, and, and matter is an illusion. Chassidus Torah says Bereshis Baralakim that he wanted energy to to translate into matter, and with a mitzvah you turn matter back into energy. In fact, the only way we know that there's matter is from Right. Because if you, uh, even in one other perspective, sure, structural biology, color is solely an aspect of the relationship of atomic arrangements on the biology, on the outer. There's no such thing out there as color whatsoever. That's, 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 yeah. That's, that's, there's, there's no intrinsic there's no such thing as structures that cause different that's, types of... Uh, no, no. There's, there's atomic relationships that create certain densities here and spaces there and those get reflected back in the, in the, in the back of the, in the retina and then back in the optic nerve and it's there color from their perspective is solely a function of the mind robots. That's, that's, robots. that's a different perspective it's biological perspective it's not ex- nothing, there's nothing external about color I mean, intrinsic not external intrinsic it wouldn't mean intrinsic to what? Intrinsic, intrinsic to the thing? Without your biology. Intrinsic to you is color. No. But intrinsic what to I'm trying to say, without the person's brain seeing that this, this there's no object, color, right. you're saying it's colorless. And there's no objective color. out there. And I'm not, if you're saying that's a fact, it's a fact. That's, that's, a, that's a perspective. No, he's, no, he's, it's a perspective. Oh, perspective. Because yeah. I would say, as the other argument could be, and again, I'm, not, I'm, I'm ignoramus when it comes to these things. I'm not a, a but you would, might think that the inside, some what we call red and we call green and blue, there's some type of unique inherent structure. We're, we're perceiving it as a different color. But really what, what it means is that there's different structures going on inside the molecular structures of these different things or different that are inherent color. to the object 
that produced what we perceive as green and blue. But meaning that somebody was not biology, if you could understand it, meaning that even if you didn't see it, say what, we'll put it this way. If you could prove that there was an inherent structure, that a molecular structure that produces blue, green, and black, you could figure it out by looking at a microscope, looking at the molecular structure of the object, you could tell whether this is going to be perceived as black or green without ever seeing it. Maybe. You're missing one key point. The word black and green means nothing. For all you know, when you know, you call red, I may be seeing as blue. We just we just made made the decision, you know. So you, when you're talking now, if you really get into the philosophical side of it, it's it's even more complicated than you think it is. Because you you see, you're basing everything on empirical your empirical observation. The concept is that everything that exists is really a function of structural determination. One second. One second. You're an intelligent man? Okay. It would be brilliant if we can get some scientists who learn this and translate it into the models out there. But I will tell you what I can understand from Chassidus and the little I know from science. I know today. And we both know that it's not your arms and legs that shape you. It's a DNA and a, on a cellular level, a subcellular level that we can't even see. And there's 75 trillion cells in the body. We also know that there's the whole um, the, the subatomic world. That's using computer language. You see a letter on the screen. Are you, seeing, are you seeing an A or a B? Is it really an A or a B? Or just what you see as an A or a B? Uh, there you go. So now, so when I write an A and B on paper, you'll say that's an A and B. But on screen, you know it's not. And maybe what you wrote is also not. Maybe the whole world is a, is, is, is a code, is a source code that appears to our eye. Our brain is doing what computer programmers do. So you know what it really is? What's that? But, 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 but what am I saying? What I'm saying, you know, exactly, zeros and ones. Put them in the right order, and it looks like an A. And we all agree... And then we come and come. But you go to Russia, they don't say it in A, they call it something else. I'm just giving an example. So, you can, so bottom line is what we see, just like on a, let's talk, a computer, we all agree, is, is, is definitely not object, uh, intrinsic. Because someone can go into your computer and manipulate it every time you look at an A, it's going to become a B. That we know, right? All you got to do is change some wires. We've got to change some program. So there we know. Now, with Chassidus in place, that there's a Saruman Marish and Nivra Elam, the same is true. It's a code. God wrote a code. That code is going to translate into red and green and blue and so on. It's a code. Now, if you go to the source code, the source code is white. Well, let's call it colorless. Colorless. Colorless is closest approximation to colorless is white. Let's put it that way. Maybe that's a good way to say it. And, and then from there, the rest of the colors came. So here was a big discussion. Is it a klal and prat? Were all the colors in there, and then they just come out? Or, no, there's a state of almost like a, an amorphous state of a place where there's not color, where color and no color meet, and that becomes the energy that when it flows into the next step, will, will, uh, will bring out the, the, the colors. Now, it's clear from a citizen's point of view, all colors are divine created, just like God created trees and stones and humans, he created colors. But the question is, what's the process of how colors came into being? I guarantee you, science, studying this will come to the same ideas as he explains them here. There's a process. There's no question that colors, there's no such thing as just colors sit there. 
it's a, it's definitely impulses and energy that's shaping colors. Because even how you twist and turn it, what really distinguishes red from green? What makes the, why is there a difference between them? It ends up, this everyone will say, it's simply different, it's, it's like, it's a length of light waves. Just like the difference between a shrill sound and a, and a, uh, and a dull sound. I do, ah, I do, mm. It's two sounds coming from the same place. Huh? Sound is really Exactly, sound. I gave the example, by the way, sound to what, what is white or colorless here. Think of a flute. I just blow through a flute or I cover the holes and then particular sounds come out. White is that natural color that's not a hybrid. It's just, let's put it this way, it's first expression of something. And blue, green, red is already, the, is some type of shift has to happen for it to take on that type of particular shape. That's what Big Day Lovan is, really. The white garments that the Kayan God wore was getting to Levin Elian. He was expressing the purity that's beyond the shape and definition of colors as we know it. And then there's the relationship between the two. Here he's basically saying, it's a Shema Etzem, that's Havaya, and the Lakim, Kale, so on, Tzvokis, is the colors. That's, that's, what we're, that's where we were up to here. And what happens is, is like this. Um, what was I reading here? It's the Kayach Agvul Sheba Ein That's really the root of colors. It's the Kayach Agvul. The power, just like God creates the power to distinguish between Chesed and Gvura, between uh, the, the distinctions, this, these colors are rooted there. That's the Ein Seif Whereas light itself... Oyer is without these shapes. And even according to the opinion discussed in this Mimer, it's still primarily, Oyer is primarily, um, like he says, it's not as defined, and it's really more pshittis, more uh, unshaped and unsubstance. Okay. We have time to learn here. What time is it? I'll learn chapter 119. And this is also the union of Sapir, Lashon Sfirus Subihirus. The word Sapir comes now from the word Sfirus Subihirus, brightness or brilliance, shine. Because energy is also a garment compared to the source. Like it says, he wraps himself. In light, like a shirt. The Targum Yenison, the Mesatif Nehuda, Echsadina, Echsadina. He wraps around the light, Echsadina, like a sadin, like a shirt, like a, a wrapper around him. Medrash Rabbi Isa, and the Medrash says that Shenisatib Bakosh Baruch Hu Kesalma, that God wrapped Himself with it like a shirt. Chinu Bereshusabe Pesher Zayim Bishmeisabe Pesher Pesher Nun. And elsewhere it explains it another way. Compared to the core, compared to the core core, that's higher than Ur. What does it mean he wraps himself? Who's this he that's wrapping himself? Compared to the Lord, it's a garment, only a garment. Because it's not 
the core essence itself. It's only a revelation of it. And every revelation is a form of a garment. Obviously, as we learned earlier, it's a very high garment and a very transparent garment, which we're going to see in a moment. Know that these three words, air, light, or energy, shame, name, levush, garment, they're all one. They're all reflection. Meaning not the core essence. The shame who levush. He says the shame, name is a garment. So we see that air is a garment compared to the atzmis, the core. However, it's a garment of light. It's a bright garment. In other words, it's an aluminum, it's a transparent garment that does not conceal or cover at all on the core. Not like the level of containers. Not like containers that, yes, reveal, but they reveal through concealing. They reveal the core, they, they conceal the core light that they're revealing. Like for example, if I speak now ideas, it's it's that's that's more of a Kaylee than a Ur. Because it's not transparent. My ideas are going through a filter. The filter is called the Kalim of speech. So Ur is referring to a filter that is a transparent filter, basically. And even the inner dimension of the containers that he discussed earlier, if you were here, I don't know if you were here, but he discussed earlier the inner dimension of containers. This was in chapter Kuftazain, um, 116. So he spoke that the inner dimension of Kalim, that's where really, that's where the, the day two are very similar to the energy. They're transparent. They're basically what energy, what air is to the Atmis. Primis HaKelem is to the air. But it's but he's saying here, Primis HaKelem compared to the air are still containers. And then the day, even though they are completely, um, uh, what's the word I want to use, completely subjugated to the energy, but they're still containers and therefore the Atzmi, the way it is, in its core does not shine through them. Illuminate through them. I contrast light energy, or light, that does not have any concealment or can cover up at all, and reveals the essence of the core, the way it is. There's, the filter is basically transparent. So you could ask the question, what do we need it for? Well, we need it for because it's taking it to a level at least, that now it can even be diminished further. Like it says, God will be to me like a Lakim. This is going on in the future. This is what Yaakov said. When he said, uh, I think, did he say it? One second. Let me just go back a moment. So he said, I think somewhere Yaakov says it. Anyway, that Avaya will be to me like a Lakim. The Kailasi, this goes on in the future. So as you have alakim. What does it mean Havaya will be like to me like Alakim? That's something that is beyond. So as you have will become like the level of Alakim. So now he's explaining. What does this mean? Today, 
the revelation of the divine light that comes from the sun itself, like the Havaya, has to go through the shield or the shell of the of Elikim. The sheath. Okay, good. The same thing, the higher level of Havaya will be will be revealed through the lower Havaya. So you're just talking about higher levels here. So today you're talking about Havaya Latata going through Elikim. Then Havaya Le'ela will go through Havaya Latata. And that's what it meaning that Havaya of now will be Lasset Kamei Elikim. Because today, in other words, basically the filter today will become so refined that it will become like Havaya, the lower Havaya in the future. And that will become the filter. Shaboy. Because through it will become the Gili Havayad Leil. He doesn't explain here what Havayad Leil and Havayad Latata is, but earlier I think he does. Essentially think of it like um, if Havayad Lekim is, uh, is, uh, is uh, let's say, Zah Malchus, okay, a divine energy, and then it comes down in Lekim through concealment. So think Zah Lekim, Malchus will elevate to the level of the sun, and then that will become the new Lekim. Essentially, that will become the sheath, as you put it, is the filter of even higher levels of dimension, dimensions. But however, it's not just a change of levels. It's not like, okay, now the filter is here, it's a lower filter, and then this is the energy, now the filter becomes, the energy of, of, of yesterday will become today's filter, and now it reveals a higher energy. He's saying there's a core qualitative difference. What's the qualitative difference? Today's filter is a concealer. The sun and its sheath is like Hashem Elkim. Just like the sheath and the and the shield. One of them is a shield and one is a sheath of the sun. How do you master it? It conceals on the core Light of the sun, same thing, which is generally the containers. They conceal, and the energy does not allow the whole, the, the, the core energy to reveal. That's then. That's now. Sorry. So basically, now, yes, we have a filter, but the filter is a concealer, not a revealer. But when the gili will be shemavaya, he means gila Higher. I'm sorry, no, no, no. But when, when the filter will be Shema Vaya, like you said, in other words, it won't longer be Alakim, then the lower Havaya. It'll be the Gili of Etzmeir It'll be a revelation without any concealment. So then, what's the, so what's the filter to accomplish? That's the case. The filter will accomplish that it will become internalized. That it will be manifest and clothed and revealed in the worlds. That's the, uh, the achievement. So the filter today is a concealer to limit. Then the goal is that it filters means it integrates in, in a form of air pnimi. So what we have really is the following. You have all the steps. I've mentioned these steps several times as we've been learning this. You have where everything is concealed, as it is, let's say, in the world that we look at right now, at least to our eyes. 
then the first step is you get some revelation. But you get it like through shades. You know, it's come through shades. Many layers. Then there's another type of shield. It has a completely different purpose. Its purpose is not to shade it. Its purpose is to channel it. So I'll, I'll give you an example. We, we use this example of a teacher conveying an idea to the lowest possible level. There he needs to put it into the simplest words, maybe even to like almost ABC level. Most of it is concealed. The goal is to reveal. But at this point, you'd say 95%, 99% is concealed. The student grows and now is able to read. The student not only read, can understand a concept. But the concept is still far beyond the teacher. Now the teacher says, okay, I'll tell you the concept, but I'm going to give you examples. And the examples are furthermore still concealers. They may include riddles. They may include even disorganizing the letters. Then you come to a point where the student is getting closer to the teacher. And now he still needs explanation. But now the explanation is really no longer, we're not dealing with, I'm going to give it to you bite size. I'm giving it to you the way it is, but I'm giving it to you with one layer lower than myself for you to be able to really integrate it. Because if I say it the way it is, you're not there yet. That's where, that's just an example. So you basically have two types of filters. Ones that are primarily concealers with a little revelation, and others that are primarily revealers with a little concealment, so to speak. A concealment in the context of integration as opposed to real concealment. That's essentially... I mean, ultimately there are thousands of such levels, obviously. That's the whole education process. That's why two, no two people are alike, how these filters work. But broadly speaking, there's two categories here. That's what he's saying now. So air, basically, going back to air being spheres and behiris. Okay. So this is what he says. So he says, why? The shame of because is It is transcendent energy beyond structure, beyond definition. cannot come and does not come in a manner in an internal manifestation. It's above us. But the ultimate purpose is that it should be manifest. It should be enclosed. That means, but that means in a level of revelation. It's a parenthesis, which goes a number of lines. Means this lapsus, Kamesha Kosar, Busevi Sabin, and Pedic Memches. Like in Tanya, 48, chapter 48. Kashpa, Shubkin is Gili, Beelm is Nikola Beshem Halbasha. There where he explains why he says, he says, Save of Kalm doesn't mean it surrounds the world. It means it's not manifest in the world. They don't feel it. But it's in the world, it's in existence all the time. We learned this before. What does Gili Beelmas mean? Halbasha. So, for example, right now in this room, there are all kinds of energy flows. Most of it is makif from our perspective because we don't relate to it. We don't sense it. Then you feel an energy enters into you. You feel warmth. You feel intelligence. You feel uh, insight. A stroke of insight or something. That's a halbasha. Halbasha means a, a manifestation that you can, a conscious experience of something, essentially. Kihem malbishim masigma ashpasha so Gili Be'elamis means Halbasha because they're Malbish, or Masig. They dress, they Malbish, they are dressed up in, they enclose, or Masigim, and comprehend the transmission that they're receiving. So if I, for example, now, you know, let's, let's take uh, dogs can hear sounds we don't hear. So the sound is passing right through us, we don't even know it's there. That means that we're not Masig, we're not relating to the Hashpah coming our way. By the way, this is very much going back to colors. You mentioned red, blue, green. 
I know, I know that I know that you're not playing devil's advocate because you want to really understand. But think for a second, Eliezer. Yes. How many colors are you not seeing? When we look now, how many colors do we not see? Who knows? There may be colors that are invisible. Right. Ultraviolet, ultra red, X-ray. They can X-rays pierce even. Uh, you know, I'm just pointing out that the energy—it's all energy, and it's only simply, like he said, there, it's what we were given the ability through our tools to be able to see, and someone else. No problem, even without a miracle, may be able to see what we don't see physically. Just like a dog can hear sounds we don't hear. And I don't mean Ruchnis and Ruch HaKadosh now. I'm not talking about miracle, you know, someone that has a different... Actually, I'll tell you something even further. Ruch HaKadosh is exactly that. It's not so miraculous. It's miraculous because we don't have it. But what really is it? It's someone who's able to see a reality... uh, A A different level, a different level of reality. It's just like some people can read a face... (laughs) And some people can't. Twilight. <laughs> no, when they asked the Rebbe, when the college students asked the Rebbe in Tavshin Chav in 1960, they asked the Rebbe if he could do miracles. Yes, yeah, the Rebbe edited it. Edited. Yeah, I found it actually. I gave it out to my son's by mitzvah. They edited it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that whole Yechidus is beautiful. There. He said he's able to go up the other side of the He says, basically, he says, I, I, you know, I can't speak about me. I don't believe, you know, what others say about me, I don't have to respond to. But if you ask me in concept, that's how the Rebbe began. He always would answer that way. He wouldn't say, when they asked him, can he do miracles? He says, I'm not talking about me now, you know, don't believe what others say about me. That's what he said. Uh, but if you ask me in concept, you know, he said that a miracle simply is this. If matter is defined by energy, and in other words, so if you're able to go to the engineering room where the energy is this and change that, it naturally changes the matter. Then the Rebbe concluded, you know what he said? He said, if I'm able to influence you now, and when you leave this room, everybody would add a mitzvah, I will have performed a miracle. That was his last line. And when he edited it, he changed the I to we. We will have performed a miracle. Which is interesting. Is that I'm not, no, no, It's not necessarily only humble. It's also because you're part of it. Because if you don't do it, it doesn't help what I, you know. You have yeah. that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's printed. But he says, we will have performed a miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The edit. He changed from I to we. It's interesting. I think he mentioned it ourselves where he says he goes, he's able to go up to the Mazal. That's explanation. He doesn't say that. He basically says it like I said, like an engineering room. That if energy defines matter, so you change the energy, you change the matter. Use the yeah, yeah. Use the engineering Not engineering room. He uses, I think, I think matter and energy. Energy and matter. I don't know if he uses engineering. I, th- I don't think he uses engineering, but, it's, it's, but definitely energy and matter. That everything is material is evolved from the energy within it. The spiritual energy, maybe. Yeah, maybe spiritual energy, because it doesn't mean just. You know the doubt, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's happening today on the physical level. How's that? Nanotechnology. Yes. 100%. What's the question? Not even a question. Manipulating at the subatomic level to produce totally new. A printer that can. They have printers that are producing tractors. Printing tractors. By manipulating at the subatomic level, you, you, you change the structure of those 3D printers, 3D piano. No, no, but 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 what about manipulating DNA and creating a different type of human and genetic? Yeah, 3D printers are much more. That's not. What's Let's get something clear. This is not even. This is not even crazy stuff anymore. Look, I told you what you see in a computer screen. Everybody realizes is, is just manipulating this. So why can't you say the physical world is that way too? Not even a question for any physicist. 
They all say that. That's a common thing. The I question is whether you could manipulate it and you can. No, but, but no, go further. You, Within the guy that you mentioned last week, Economics 2.0 is based on the notion that resources are not limited. There are no such, there's no such thing as limited resources because there's an infinite universe that can be manipulated. Because no, no, the main key is because matter can always be converted to energy and energy into matter and it never disappears. Nothing disappears. Even when you finish your, your gas tank is empty, the, the, the energy. That was that released is still existent. You mean I could have an unlimited bank account? You uh, <laughs> after the spend, after the spend, you can grab it after the spend and put it back in. Oh my God! Yes, you know what? You know, it goes even further. It goes even further. It goes even further. It's um. Alternate uh, resources. Look, the Asad lobby when it says. Remember the Club of Rome? What do you think when the Rambam says Madanim Mutsim Ka'afar? So the literal is that, that that we will be valuing spiritual, so it's like offer. Right. So Another explanation is that there'll just be abundance. You know, if, if if all the wealth was spread equally, let's be honest, there wouldn't be any poverty in this world. dollars per person in the United States. Even more, no one even knows no, how much no, wealth is no, hidden. No, no, you do, of course you do. They do not. That's the reported income. No, not even wealth. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, okay. 67 trillion in the United States divided by 300, 300 million people comes up to $250,000 or so per person. Family of four, eight hundred million dollars of okay. wealth right now existing in the United States without any new wealth being created. So I mean, every family would have a million dollars in this country. A year. Let's read this Wealth, yeah. not income. We're not talking about income, we're okay. talking wealth. You know, a million dollars in your savings, Let's which would produce at 7%, 70,000 dollars. <laughs> Five or six, fifty thousand dollars. Go Marxist and just redistribute. No, God forbid, Marxist. Take it and redistribute. Marxist is is the Eagle Zahab. No, no. But I wanted to say was that when you look through this, it's uh, you don't even need. I mean, you don't need anything today. Science, everybody understands. Look, I just so read an article where they can basically create. Guy writes an article that actually can create without magic can create invisibility. I know that. Okay, hold on. The challenge is to sustain it. You see. They bend light. Right, bending light, exactly. You heard about this? No. Yeah. It's amazing they have. They have well, bending light. If I if, bend, if light is bent and it turns red, this it can it can make things invisible. The problem that the biggest yeah. challenge of this, this, this the the ch- challenge science has is not that it could be done, it's sustainability, because there are factors that they don't have control over, but 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 there's no one no one doubts that theoretically. Yes. Like for example, if you're able to go into the engine room. There's no doubt that you can. This is a, this is a common thing today. The Rebbe once said about no. 70. But I will go. I'll, 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 but, I'll, but, I'll, but I'll take it for. We we speakers use it. I don't think the Rebbe says it. We used to say that Rabbi Chadikov's room was the bunker room because it's like basically only one person can sit there. I heard he said so. Or two people. I read about it. Maybe it's not true. They said to a yacht, a person on a yacht that he came in and complained about how it didn't look so great. Uh, that's the Maggid. That's a story with the Maggid. He said, have you been in your boat? And what's the most important room in your ship? And he said, it's the engine room. And he said, have you ever been there? He said, once when I bought the ship. And he said, have you ever, what's the engine room? And he said, no, but that's where the power power comes from. Okay, possible. It's possible. There's a story. There's a story. Was, was spoken about in some but not, I don't know. Maybe no, if you heard a story, I'm not going to say, listen, yeah. it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a crazy, it's a story that's believable. It's not like, let's put it this way. Yeah, I mean, say it's a... Um, Especially the Rebbe was in the Naval Engineering, so he talks about boats a lot, right? Yeah. 
No, I just want to say the following. Um, so, Chassidus talks about I mean, the idea. Remember, remember, from from a Torah Chassidus point of view, matter is a dover nisif. Everything begins with energy, and and energy begins with a source of energy, which is what we're discussing right now. So, if you go from a mylalamata, from above down, it all begins from a source. Energy flows. We have the problem the other way around. How did energy become matter? We don't have a problem how matter becomes energy. How does energy become matter? It's far more complicated. How energy becomes matter is more, more of an issue than how matter becomes energy. As long as you have matter, you know that there's something going on. You just have to release it. No, so that's why, listen, I, I think I have a very very interesting, when you say, so Nesava causes Baruch, the desire of God yes. wanted energy to become matter. And you have no other way to explain it. Because why would energy want to get dressed up in packages and veils and lock itself up when it's free, so to speak, and it's unlimited? Why would white light or clear light, transparent light, want to even go into garments? The only answer is because there's a reason, there's a purpose would be the reason. He was saying the Sat of Baruch He wraps himself in a in a salma in a shirt. Why is he wrapping himself? He doesn't need it. Not cold, because he has an existence that he wants to create. Because it has a purpose. But it's connected to this idea what the Rebbe just said here that he wants to the, the two levels of the sheath is Elohim now and, and more refined. Exactly. So that's where we're going. And the ultimate purpose is that it should be manifest. You understand? You learned yeah, yeah, I did. So there's anyway, yeah. matter and energy. I'm continuing the parentheses. I just learned that time yesterday. Okay. So now, basically, the goal is that that which was makif and sevev beyond transcendence should become manifest and we should be aware of it. That's called halbasha. And to be unaware of it, that's why I was beginning to say sounds that we don't hear, colors we don't see. That's not the goal. The gilizehadehachachma. Now he's, he's tying it all together. Remember I said Chachma. Why, why can't Kesser be enough Kesser and Malchus? Because Chachma is wisdom. This is unbelievable stuff here. Because you know what Chachma is? Chachma is the interface between the unconscious and the conscious. Right? Because it's the beginning of wisdom. But it's a colorless color. So it's in the world of colors, but it's colorless color. Malchus is completely devoid of anything. Like, like Kesser. So Chachma becomes... Those two my Because it was transcendent energy, but I just said that invisible energy that's there, but not manifest, does not does not radiate in, in an internal way without a connection. And Chachma, because Chachma is bitl. When you hear, think of an idea, a spark of an idea, is it manifest or is it not manifest? The truth is, like he says, between no color and color. It came, it suddenly was nowhere. Suddenly it's, you have an idea. It's like, the, it's like the minimum, minimum of expression. The minimum. Like we say Nekuda. Nekuda doesn't mean a point. It means, if it's expressed, it looks like a point. That's why it doesn't take room. You have no other way to express it but saying it's a point. So is he saying that in Chokhmah is merely or slave? Yes, exactly. Yes, that's what he's saying. Because if you look back a chapter before, he said exactly that. Mm-hmm. That the iron of Kesser is mayor in Chokhmah. 
is a very critical. This is a critical component in all of Ayin Beis. Oh, see this frankly, where Chachma meets. See, it's always everyone. It always comes down to where's that final circuit closed. Last mile. Yeah, that last mile. That's the hardest part. The last mile. And Chachma and Kesser, where they meet, is a very critical. Later, it's going to become Chachma Stema, the unconscious Chachma. But that's a critical one. That's why Chabad is such a critical component. Because you know, our mind. Think, think what would we be like if we had no minds? <laughs> what would be like? We'd be animals. We'd be we'd be creatures. We'd be sun and a moon. I mean, I mean by that is we would do what we have to do because we would have feelings, emotions, and we'd have you know we'd be alive, but we wouldn't have the capacity of sumar menechem, raising our eyes and imagining something different than we are. An animal does not imagine, nor does it seek a better life. Lives in the same caves and so on. The human being, because we have spirit, because we have chachma, being a das, but chabad starting from chachma, we have the ability to reach to beyond, to the beyond. That's the key, key thing. So the mind, in its healthiest form, is essentially the portal to bligvul. Without that, we couldn't even imagine bligvul. At least now we could imagine. We still got plenty of challenges because now bring it down into reality is another story. But at least you can dream it. If you couldn't dream it, you couldn't definitely not access it. Yeah. Because Chochm is a state of Ayin. It's Taka Chochm, but it's a state of Ayin, like we said, chapter 118. This was critical, the end of 118. Uh, this was last chapter, what did he say? Uh, actually, he said it in chapter 117. One, oh, yeah, 118. Uh, no, no. It's a 117. Okay, probably also 118. Let me just see. I don't think it's a 118. I think it's a 117. Now, 117 for sure it says it at the end. You see, he says, it says, You see that? Like uh, five lines, six, huh? Yeah. Yeah, right before the parentheses. I don't recall seeing it in chapter... Uh, uh, one eighteen. Okay, it's fine. There, there. To me, it's just one chapter after the other. That the Havana is in one eighteen. I'm just mentioning that. Uh, I'm just like maybe the end. Okay, maybe the end. I mean, it's more. yeah, yeah, yeah. The end. He does say it at the end. Sorry, the end of one eighteen. He says. No, that's the Alter Rebbe. This is straight from the Alter Rebbe stuff. I mean, the explanations. Before he said it's Ayin, it that before he said a beautiful thing at the end of chapter one seventeen, he said it's not Ayin and not Yesh. Mamish says those words. Look at what, not, look at the like, like ten lines from the top of two twenty eight. Reish Ches. So he says, "V'yeshleim Meshuzah Mashukosim Ayin Gevim Ayin Gevim LeGevim." You see, because the word there that Chachma takes from no color to color. So he explains, "V'hayim She'enzek May Pshitas Atzmi Zayin Shushena Better Gevugonim Klal." It's not Pshitas, but there's no colors at all. Mashenkin Bechinas Chachma Ime Yis Poshim Kol Mokim Mishlo Shaychas Alas Firus. Then he says, "V'hayim Mashukosim Bishash Alas Firus." Look at this. 
a kosov. He writes there. The ain't a kavana be yesh yeshus hamusik. I'm not kavana be milis yesh be hevdla she be naayim yesh lo yeshus gomur el kasher la ayin le mechayev ayesh klal. In other words, it's like the seed. It's not really. It's nothingness. It's not nothingness, but it's not somethingness either. Yeah, it's unbelievable the 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 levels that. Uh, wow. This is, I must say, this is coming to a point for me because I'm writing summaries and it, it's coming to the point because there's so much now. You know, in the beginning you had like five ingredients. It's okay, you had to, now you have fifty thousand ingredients. I can't imagine how I'm going to carry this. I'm at the point of bursting basically. Yeah. You want to remember it all and you want to. Yeah, there's so much. There's so many flashes of insight today. I can't tell you. <laughs> so the beginning. You got your chacham is open, huh? The channels. I said, I think it's unbelievable. You know, I mentioned sound was a good... I think sound is easier to relate to than sight because it's just for some reason. Like the flute example to me is very makes it very... God didn't make it that Bligvul jumps to Gvul. You want soundlessness. First begins with a Kheil Poshet, like a Shafer, just a sound. Then add uh, those holes and different winds and it changes the sound, the, fluct, the fluctuations. Inflections is what I wanted. The inflections. The same thing with light. Light begins as a you know that white light, like a projector. White light from a projector. Then you put a film, a filter, and you shape, reshape the color. Then it becomes red, blue, green. It's just uh, uh, unbelievable examples in the physical world of a, a literally a. Um, I'm use, what's the word I want to use? A an interface, a portal, a portal that takes you from gvul shebe gvul. You know, yes shebe yes. To a little more subtle, to a little more subtle. It's like almost, I, I, if I did it in an imagery, like on a, on a video, I would take real strong star colors, slowly dull them, let them turn white, and how the white takes you into Bligvul. You don't think of it like that. So like no color at all becomes whitish, whitish, white. starts getting colors, and then you have Armitsius. Yeah. You follow? Yeah. Same thing with sound. <clears throat> so basically it's creating a bridge, a, a, an interface between... Color to know, and white is the perfect example. But white, we talk about clear or transparent. You get the imagery of it. Beautiful. Connectors, connectors also. Yeah, but it, but it, but it, but it changes things. It's like an edelkite. You're going from grubkite to edelkite, basically. You're going from crassness to, to subtlety. Yeah, and there's no way you can jump into there into the complete without. Basically, if you set a game, we could have a game. That you start here, and, and, and climbing, and you and you got to do certain things. If you don't do enough zaka today, you can't come into Atzilus, my friends. You ah. stop. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> they go donate now. And Elias would like that. Okay. This is important. Don't lose the thought for tomorrow. You know, you all heard, you all know about this massacre. So my son, you know, from Houston, it shook everybody up. It's, it's not about gun control; it's about education. Right. It's about gun control. came out. Well, my wife was reading from about education. Yeah, I said that in the morning. That the guy was steeped in these violent video games. Games for good. For tomorrow. For our, uh, you know, I mean, oh, video. Was he? Was he? Met? Was it was he mentally disturbed? Obviously, anybody that does that. No, come on. No, no. The question is whether no, no, no. But the, no, but video games. Enough of them, and you're bored. Can can can. 
zero. Can you lose? Because you're wiring. You have no anchor. You have no anchor. You have no God in your life, so. I mean, people are killed in the name of God. You probably know the Sufi. The Sufi that You're going back to Berkeley. You get. We're slowly cutting out all his. All, all his fanaticism. This guy's going to end up being anti mishechisu I've got to tell you something very fascinating. One of the lights that went on here is that I'm reading the history of biology. No, very important. I, uh, I was reading the biography of Albert Einstein. Also Isaacson writes. Isaacson wrote it. Yeah. He wrote three. Lincoln, Frank, right? Lincoln? Frank, Franklin, Franklin, Franklin. That's a moderate. Well, he was a born but, but, but Albert Einstein's another great book. Uh-huh. Let me just say something. His famous... He's such a detail. He goes into every year and the, the actual mind of what Albert Einstein is going through is incredible. But you know the original famous uh, equation that Albert just showed me, E equals MC squared? Right. Energy equals uh, the speed of light squared? Right. Matter of yeah. What was his, the first equation that he wrote in 1907? It wasn't that. Was this, it was a special theory no, of relativity. No, it was that special theory of relativity going to the general theory of relativity. Right. But this equation, he started, it was the first time he actually wrote it was L. Equals M V squared. L being light. So you know how you type or as times energy? He changed light to energy. I know that's why I use energy. You, you knew that? You knew that in his equation that he changed it in 1950? I didn't know that particular. Speed for velocity? Velocity. Uh, when you speed no, up matter, you get light? Know, is that what it says? Velocity. Listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to. I, 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 I'm by no means a. Uh, a that was Albert Einstein changed e, his light to energy. Why do you think I use energy? I'm talking about energy all the time. So but the tr- perfect, if somebody ever asks you, Rabbi, it says or, how can you keep translating it as energy? You can say this famous story. Do you know that the original E equals MC squared, uh, Albert Einstein? I always squared, instinctively, by the way, I always instinctively knew it was energy, not light. Because energy, because light is meaningless. The light is, we, we, we associate light with, uh, well, we with light, light bulbs. We don't use the word co op in all the citizens or. I know everyone translates light. People ask me why I keep saying energy, but it's definitely because or chayes and koyach. It sounds more like or is light and chayes is energy. But the truth is, it's the deepest because you're not talking. Is it divine light that comes out of Atmos or divine energy that's coming out of? What do you mean light? What light? What? What does light mean? Light is not illuminating anything. It's a it's a because energy is the most accurate form of transmission. Wait, but the Arizal was the one who called it or. So there's something in there. No, no, but who said or is who says or is light? Well, no, no, well, no, that's the point. I'm not, no. It's a Hebrew word meaning light, isn't it? No, not necessarily. No, one, one second. Why, why do you say that? Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. One, one, one minute. Yeah, what does that mean if you are? It's not the sun or the moon. There was no light then. What was the he are? Tell me what means the he are. It, it is energy because it's, it's energy for sure. It's energy. It's revelation. If you want to really, it's revelation. If you want to put it. First of all, it's, the, the Rizal, don't blame it on the Rizal. Go sp- <laughs> okay. First, it's, it's in Chumash, number one. It's in Chumash. Secondly, it's in Zahar. The word Nohera. Even the word Zahar itself means illumination. The words are used far, far earlier. When Chassidus talks about why it's Er, not Shefa, that's the question. Why is the expression of divine Er, not Shefa? Yeah. Which is flow of energy. The reason primarily used are not Shefa, as other Mukabalim. So, right. So, Shefa flow because Shefa represents more of a substance. Mm-hmm. All the different reasons. We learned about it too. And air is less substanceless. In other words, a good example for divine energy is light. That's how I would explain it. Not that light, it's light. Example to understand energy, divine energy. You see, another problem with light is, as I always say, it, it, it doesn't help people grow. 
you bring back the idea to the marshal. Light is only good for us to understand it. But you want what you're really talking about is divine expression. That's what you really mean. Divine expression. That's the real correct word. I don't use air expression because that would be a little too uh, radical for some. But the truth is, is divine expression or divine manifestation or divine consciousness or divine revelation far better than light. But you need words. Listen, it's, yeah. There's nothing wrong when you're learning. The, the first thing I've seen on, on the best teachers, whether it was Feynman in physics or the guys in literature or this, they always begin their first course. They insist their students must deal with language first. Every contract. What is a contract? What's the first paragraph in a contract? The language. Right. What term means what? Because you don't have that. And don't, 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 people think it's meaningless. It's, it's critical. I can tell you right now, when I teach and, and speak, I know language is everything. It's 90% of the communication is language. I see one thing, people can go away after an hour and they think I meant something else. I, I've seen this, I've tested it. Language is critical, especially when you talk about invisible things. A table, okay, we're all talking about the same table. But as soon as you go into the world of energy or the world of beneath, what, what, what word do you use? What, you know, how, how, even the word unconscious. I'm very, you know, some say, why don't I use subconscious? Because I've tested it with people. What do they think unconscious means? What do they think subconscious means? These are all words. Words are meaningless. Words are meaningless until you explain what your word means, which is also a, a, a 22. Can I hear you say, just said? No, but I, 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 let me just say one thing. I was going to say, words, words, words. Oh, so uh, yeah. Word. But I didn't. I listen. I I did a lot of when I was uh, in my younger years. I did a lot of studying of physics. I'm pretty good in physics. I know my physics. That's why a lot of this is uh, a lot of stuff. Exodus is very, very aligned with physics. I mean, I'm not by no means a, uh, a master physicist, but I I can uh, carry my weight on it, and. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that's very, very similar. Very. I tell what, what the word I would really like it to happen is to work with a physicist, met that guy from Rostov, that can take this to another level. You see, I don't think I have the capacity to take an idea and come up with a a Nobel Prize uh, uh, paper of radical new theory in physics. But I have no doubt that it's doable, because mm-hmm. physics is all about stretching imagination. You know, Einstein, what he did, he just stretched places people didn't go before. But had he learned, someone learned physics and new physics, they, for them, energy, for the ideas that matter and energy is, is, is baby talk. It's, it's the most basic. So I have no mm-hmm. doubt, deep is can take physics to another place. That's when you'll have the biggest kid of Shashem, I think. So, can we have, can we have, from my point of view, can if you can influence. For 100%. Well, no, I'll tell you something else. One second, Eliezer. Let me, let, let me go further. Let me go further. I don't know if... Listen, the, the word Hasidus may not speak to them, so you need to know. We are in there. So what? <laughs> now you'll know what it feels like. <laughs> I'm, I'm always on this. Let me tell you something. One of the things I did with the Iron Bay's website, I have Iron Bay's website, which I'm, I continuously build based on what we're... I have a whole section called Parallels. My goal was to send it out. I just spoke to that guy when you brought him. To, to every scientist I know, you know, people, because we, we, I would begin, you know, the low-hanging fruit again. Who's, and just simply, here's an idea, an iron base, like here's the idea of colors. Who, which, which type of, which school of science really knows this stuff in science? Tell me what you think. And I don't care if they find contradiction. Let them say there's a different theory. But get, engage a conversation about it. And trust me, I guarantee you there'll be new things that will literally be, you know, the world only values people with degrees. You know, you and I came up with with a, with a complete radical theory, 
and you don't got the degree, the arrogance that they have, they won't accept it even as true as it is. That's why those rare occasions where some Indian genius, where a guy genius in India comes up with something, mathematical equations, they didn't respect it until it was just impossible to deny that there was some real new stuff there. Yeah. Now, but Albert did have... He worked in a he couldn't get a job. I know. Now my point is, I have... You want to talk about Mashiach? Because all you need is one such breakthrough. And people will not be able to deny it. One breakthrough, that an idea from Torah and Chassidus, and this is going to come from Chassidus, can, 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 can revolutionize an concept that it becomes the spaces of a new technology? Tell me something, one, one act that can do more than that. Because then they'll say, what else is in there? What else do these guys have? Yes. And that was how Albert got his notoriety, because eventually he kept, after his, all his proofs, he'd always suggest an experiment to prove what he, was, what he just said. And the famous one that proved his whole thing was the bending of light. An, astro- an astronomer actually observed that light did change. You know that? They waited five years until they proved the bending of the light. Yeah. But, 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 so what, what I'm saying basically is, I, I, this, is, this, is this is one of the reasons, I mean, I, mean, I, I like learning it and with many benefits, yeah. but one of the big things to me is to get this out there in some English form where it could be shown to people like that and, and, and get some action going. It's not impossible to do. Because we have, we have a good, we have a good school of 20, 30 scientists that are legitimate scientists that would that would engage in such a discussion. I've spoken myself to several, and they said that they'd be love to do it. My Maish Mechutin is the small from uh, you know Mitch Small. He's the head of the he's the head of the top of of, um, of of what's it called Mitch Small from Pittsburgh. Baltruva, his daughter married my son. He's a head of he's like the, I think the Einstein seat in. In, in Carnegie Mellon. He's at Carnegie Mellon? Carnegie Mellon, he's, he's a chair. Oh, Not only a chair, he's the head of a department. If you had said University of Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, but, he, but head of a department. When he became head of the department, he's such a humble guy, he didn't even tell anybody. They found out and some people came. He's you a know, physicist? He's, no, he's not a physicist, he's an engineering, um, not social engineering, what is it called? Like, uh, uh, so all these guys were excited. So well, why, why didn't you why 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 no, because I didn't get it to them until I got the right summaries. It's really technical. Mitch, Mitch Small, great guy. Mitch guy. He, goes, he, he, he sings to his, he, you know, he dances to his own beat. Very, very good guy. There's a few guys like this. A guy like, um, uh, what's his name in, 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 uh, in, uh, in Dayton? Klatsen, Schmuel Klatsen? Klatsen? Another. In Dayton, Ohio? Brilliant literature, literature, history, uh, science. You know, he's one of these. All of them, uh, oh, they got their scientists plus acid droppers, and now they're chassidus. Okay, so so they 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 seen they have they're Steve 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 Jobs plus. Yes. Okay. He's gonna write that. Down. I know. I know he's gonna write. That. <laughs> I don't know where these notes go. I hope you don't just flush them down or something. I gotta tell you something though, and I need your feedback on something. I had an important insight here that I need your your comment. Maybe it's it's this or not. But you just said Chachma is the key because it brings down the the unaccessible Kesser into our system integrated interface, right? Well said. So I like when it's reset in different words, by the way. You said it in your own words, which is very good. Chabad is Chachma Bidadas. But how do we always translate it in English? Wisdom, not understanding, and knowledge, now, wisdom, which means nothing. No, wisdom is 
really a very incorrect and misleading, I think, translation of the word of why. When Moses, wisdom, yeah, I, I agree, because it's a body of wisdom. You think it's a body of wisdom. Because why? Wisdom, because wisdom requires a process of integration. Wisdom. A previously acquired knowledge. That's a wisdom, or something wise. You got, you got it right, uh, right on target. A wise person, he takes life experience, and he has. And more than that, Eliezer, one second, one second. Insight, chachma, is that for insight refers to that first flash of connection between the infinite and the inside. The word is insight. The word should not be wisdom. It should be I can't agree with you more. Even worse, even worse. Wisdom also refers to a body of wisdom. Anyone ask wisdom, they'll say, okay, there's a body of wisdom I have to go find. Right. That's not at all. It's about a link to a place that nobody has yet conceived. The conception is sometimes the best word because it's conceiving of an idea. Like insight. It's like a flash. A flash is the conception. It is actually, by the way, conception. Bean is the mother. Mother is that carries it. You ever read the book, Stroke of Insight? Did you read it? Which one? By Stroke of Insight? No. You have to read it. Yeah, my wife is reading it now. Oh, you read it? You I, I, I saw it. No, I didn't read it. My wife is reading it now. No, not. The, the more from, trust me, the less spiritual. I, I, I don't read anything from Harvard. <laughs> because you it's, 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 what's her name? The, the neuroscientist that had that. She had a stroke. Who had a stroke. Oh, I, I yeah, 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 yeah. Ted, yeah. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, but it's a whole book now. It's an entire book. It's a good one, huh? It's the, the, the field of energy. Mind-blowing. The Ahdus. Right? The Ahdus. Yes. Remember the toothbrush. She can't take her toothbrush. Einstein, ultimately, after he got both general theory of relativity, he said he spent the rest of his life looking for the unified field theory. Right. And the Rebbe says, the Rebbe, I saw it written somewhere, the Rebbe says his, his search for the unified field theory is the search for God. You know what I find interesting? Is a search thing. for the unified field. You know what they call God. what they're looking Hashem for? Hashem is all. Alt is God. Uh, ain't old Milvado. I, I have a, a theory myself on this. But this I'll, I'll share when I win, when I win a Nobel Prize. Albert Einstein plus. Einstein plus. That sounds like a power drink. Einstein's a dinosaur already. What about a power drink? Not. Huh. He was into quantum mechanics, by the way. Now he also now he had problems with quantum mechanics. Improbably, says God doesn't play dice, doesn't throw dice, right? Doesn't play dice with you. That's what he said. He says God doesn't play dice with the universe. And Niels Bohr, another Jew, said to him, "Don't tell God what to do." You never heard this one? Yeah, I've heard it, but I'm not gonna I haven't finished the book yet. Okay. Anyways, let's let's finish the chapter. Let's finish then we can. One second, one second. So Chachma is this way, for sure, it is in this way. He's talking here about the Tachas that it should become Islapsus. So Chachma is an ayin, that's a keli, so it is for sure. And being that it's at least a Metzius, if something exists, like we said before, it's a garment. But, but what time of garment? We're talking now a garment that reveals That's why through it you can say it reveals, it's transparent, that reveals the Era Seva of Kalam. The Era Atzmi, the core energy, which is the transcendent. Look later what we discussed between energy and power. 
ובפרט לפי המבור בדרוזה שהאירו גם כן מבחינת הסטרוס. And specifically according to what's explained in this דרוש, he says this many many times, that in אירו there's also 10 spheres. Which means that's more מציאס. So אירו has in it this dual property. That's paradoxical properties. On one hand, it's a garment. On the other hand, it's a transparent garment. So it becomes the primi that reveals the havaya of the le'ela. So lekim is kalim. Er is havaya de le'tata. And it reveals havaya le'ela, the, the save of kalalman. What it means, and what we're speaking here, if you remember, we're speaking again like this. Helam is a world that's concealed. Malchus is completely concealed. You reveal and connect it to the beginnings of its source. Then you connect Er Gvul, you connect the energy, the containers reveal energy. What's energy? They first reveal the finite energy, the energy of the artist in the art. Okay? Then they reveal Bligvul energy, the artist that has infinite possibilities. So Er HaGvul, basically when God envisioned and allocated and estimated how much power Shir Asmi Bekayach, that leads you back into Bligvul. So basically he's saying, Er HaGvul leads you to Er HaBligvul. That's what he's saying. The energy, as it manifests in creation and existence, leads you back, is a transparent channel, that's Behirus that he's saying, to the Bligvul. You see he's getting to spheres in Bligvul. So. And then that's what's going on here. It's unbelievable. That achiva expand the space of your uh, of your tent of your yeah archivi archivi means I will archivi expand for me expand for me the place of your halach meaning your place is a certain makom halach is like basic English basically the place where you rest oil the gam b'chinas hamalchus yeagili b'chinas merchava atzmidein sof you see malchus that even the level of malchus makom halach. Even the lowest level, this should be the revelation of Merchava Atzmi, Harchava. That's Harchivi. Merchava Atzmi means the core, the, the essential and core expansion. The ancient. Like we say, Min HaMetzer Karasiya, Anani Ba Merchav. From narrow to Merchav, to expansive. Kumay Prozis Teshu Yerushalayim. The Yerushalayim will sit open, without the walls of confinement. And what will be the wall then? Vayelachem Chemesesh. It will be a wall of fire. So what today is a wall, a lakim that's concealing, then it'll be open. And the, tra- and the tra- fire is, is, is a barrier. You I mean, can't walk through fire, you can't see too But it's considered to be a revelation in the, in the levels of a lakus. You know, like the story of the Rebbe Shab. When fire touches fire, it doesn't get burnt. So that's how you have to see it. And nevertheless, it'll be a slapshus. It'll be in mokim it will be in the space. It won't be just going into Bligvul and losing the parameters of existence. And that's what it means that it'll be is the words of Yaakov, right? Where right after he says the Evan Hazesh will be based on the Kim. Ah, so it's Mamish that continues here. Ah, so it's Mamish continuation. So Malchus, he elevates Malchus and, and then, he, then then come back down into Yes. Wow. So he goes to Primisa Kasser, the Gvul, to Ferris, and brings it back into Gvul, to the point where the Gvul now is a Kali for the Bligvul. Wow. Man alive. Mm. So 
There's such interfaces going on here. I can't, I can't remember how many interfaces. I'm like going crazy from this. And this is this is through. The revelation comes through the lower Shema Vaya, Shubchinish Er Pnimi, that's the imminent energy. I don't know if he's adding anything, he's basically summing up that the Atzmi, the core energy, should also come in a Midavishir, in a measurement and parameters. Now, a form of Islapsus manifestation. He's giving now example in the parentheses, like Tere Mitzvah today, they come from the core infinite. So Tere Mitzvah today is a taste of this. That's why he brings Mashiach. Like he said before, the taste of Matan Tere, based on Migdash, beginning of creation, Yaakov. It's all a taste of this. Now what do you have? It's, it's a tr- Terra Mitzvah is an addition, is something bringing into existence more. Remember, we said there's the amount of energy that enters into the world that just gives things, keeps things alive. You know, maintenance mode. It keeps things flow. You want an additional, you need abundant energy. You need a flow, a surge. So Terra Mitzvah brings from Atzmas and Sof, but it's all made of a shear. Terra Mitzvah is all with measurements. You don't yeah, test well, it at all. That mean? Today it's, it's all about hell. One second, what? Rakshab Terra Mitzvah I think Terah Mitzvah is a divine revelation from a higher place. But you don't taste it. But it's all measured. It's all in measurements. Yeah. Every mitzvah has parameters. Right. You do it by morning, right. by day. Right. He's giving an example where, where Bligvul is coming into Gvul. You're right. Yeah. Why is he said the next part? One second, let's see. But actually, Terah One second. Except Terah Mitzvah today, it's in general terms. It's only we grasp that because it's not revealed. You don't see it. The world is goes. Not revealed in the full sense of the word. That's why we want Mashiach. Like it says in Tanya, the end of chapter four. Look what he says later. What is he saying? We just learned it in Chitas a few days ago. He says that it's it's all in Levushim. You still grasp the king. He says Levushim. It's the king himself, but he's but he's but right, yeah. But at the end of the day, but however, even though it's concealed, he's concealed in the layers, but it's the actual king. But he's talking here the emphasis on the layers that's concealed. Interesting that he brings from Tanya. Why doesn't he bring from Pedaklamid Vov? Because Pedaklamid Vov he also says because Pedaklamid Vov is the opposite. Teda there is Eslamayitin. God gives the power. Yeah, instead, right. But there he also says that Tera gives the power, because this is the opposite. There he says Tera gives the power for us to contain it in Perik Lamad Vav, because Lamad Vav is already talking about Mashiach coming. Gilead and stuff, that will be Lassid Lave, so Tera was a taste of it, because it gives the power for us to contain the infinite. There, here he says, right, the Etzem, but it's not revealed, so both sides. Which means when you learn the Halacha, this is what it says in Tanya there, when you learn Halacha and Tera, like he says, even if, even if you didn't, the fact that God said, if such a situation, Ruven says so to Shimon, Shimon says is this, and Allah is like this, by learning God's wisdom, you've now grasped and contained the wisdom of God, because he said that's how it is. It's an unbelievable title, how you learn Tehra. It's an unbelievable thing, because, because all the other contemporaries of Al-Tarebbe, never, wisdom never of God? had it. Wisdom of God? The higher wisdom, of the supernal they wisdom. He said that if you learn Tehra, you connect with Hashem. 
But the Alter Rebbe says, no, you're actually, you're, you're, you're learning godliness itself. But it doesn't yet radiate and illuminate in a revealed mamish way, in a literal revealed way. Only a reflection of this when the knowledge of primisatera. When we learn inner Torah, that doesn't say in tiny there, by the way. That says in Kuntasachim. It's interesting, he's adding. Through primisatera, you get a reflection of it. Because, you see, because in Nigla, when you learn Ruven Shimon, so all you're doing is you are connecting to God's wisdom, but you don't see the divine in it. You just know it's that. It's concealed. In primisatera, you begin to recognize the divine. The neshama is begun Eden. And similar to this is the souls in Gan Eden. Shenanim meziv terosim vavidosim that nanim they appreciate they they enjoy from the reflection of Teda and their work with chinas hasog in a comprehensible way. Well, also yeb chinas gili mamish and the future will be mamish revealed, literally. Avagili yeb chinas etzem aed mamish. Now it goes outside the parentheses. But the gili, even though it manifests in a in a, in a contained way, integrated, it'll be. Literally the core light. Because the revelation comes to Havaya, which is a levush air. It's a garment of light. Like kosnas air. Not with an ayin, with an olive. The garment is of light. So it's a, a transparent uh, garment. That reveals the core. And that's the level of sfiris. And behiras that it illuminates, that it it's bright. So we find for this that the primary name sphira as behiras is air. Number was primarily containers. Story was in between. And this is now primarily air because it's primarily revealing. What's the shame? Shame. Shame Yeah. Let's read the kitchen. This is spheres and behiras. Bright. Illuminators, the eru b'chinas levush legabe etzem because the energy is a garment compared to the core. V'hu levush eir, it's a garment of light. V'kumeshal also di avayel akim, hanoshii al gilu shem avayel al yeshem avayel altata. Like also will be avayel will be al akim, which means that the revelation of the higher avayel, the bligvul sevav will be through the lower avayel. V'yegilu eir b'chinas it will be the revelation of the energy and integrated internally over on the level of Malchus. Like through Teda Mitzvah today, which is concealed, in the future will be revealed. And according to this, brightness is in the energy. Okay, so we did chapter 119, page 230, 231.